in your sister's room. That's where it started. Hello, this is Paul Derringer. And this is Alton Derringer. A shout out to my brother Dave Derringer. We are now more than just the Derringer brothers. That's because I've joined the team. I'm Laura Derringer. Hello, Laura. Welcome to the team. We are now the Derringers or Team Derringer. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. Where we take you, the listener, on a journey. A musical journey. No. Today's episode is Sweden's biggest export, reunited after 40 years. Of course, Paul's talking about the Swedish band ABBA. They broke up in 1982, and now, 40 years later, all four original members, Anita, Hello. Bjorn, I'm the first B. Benny, I'm B for Benny, and Annifried, or Frida, the last day in ABBA. they're all back now. In this episode, we will accomplish five tasks. First, we will recap ABBA's glory years, 1974 to 1982, with a countdown of their seven best songs, spanning eight albums. Here's to us, one more toast, and then we'll pay the bill. Second, we're going to weigh in on their new ninth studio album called Voyage and their special avatars, or as they like to say, avatars, and that's A-B-B-A-T-A-R-S, which are scheduled to be unleashed on the world in May of 2022. Third, we'll weigh in on who is the better singer, Aneatha or Frida. That should be interesting. Fourth, we will consider whether ABBA jumped the shark. And fifth and finally, have they crossed the Rubicon? Crossing the Rubicon is reaching the point of no return. Team Derringer, I trust that we'll all keep in mind that ABBA has over 19 million monthly listeners on Spotify alone. They're currently one of the top 200 bands in the world. In other words, you guys had better tread carefully. Because we need to be mindful, we have actually called on our special ABBA fan to help us navigate the waters. This is Vivian. And I was born in Sydney, Australia, grew up there. I never know why I have to go. And I want to shout out to my school friend Robin, who's also a big ABBA fan. Vivian gave us an excellent insight for this episode. But before we get started, Paul, do we have any listener feedback? Derringer Discoveries listener feedback. We heard from a listener, and I'm, I'm not making this up. His name is Mats, and he is from Sweden. Talk about timely. Is Where's ABBA from? Uh, Sweden. Mats is from Sweden, and he spells it M-A-T-S. He wrote, and he said, quote, you have a listener in Sweden. Amazing. <laughs> And I'm glad to hear that. Thank you, Matt. He also... At least one. Well, (laughs) at least one. Come on. I bet there's more than one. I think he could only vouch for himself. (laughs) Matt, we'll take it. One listener is, is one more than I thought we might have. He called Derringer Discoveries, and I'm using his words, guys. He called Derringer Discoveries, quote, awesome, unquote. So we have a smart listener in Sweden. That's great. And it's good to know that awesomeness is recognized all over the world. Matt indicates that he will continue listening to Derringer Discoveries. He is also a recording artist in Sweden, and I've been listening to his music. He is a fantastic songwriter. I'm going to play a snippet of one of his songs. Here it is. It's called She's Called Grace. You have tried, and all you get to be 
And since he is an artist, Alton, we've decided if they're a public figure, a recording artist, or some kind of person of that nature, we will reveal their full name. So his name on Spotify, his name on Spotify is Mats, M-A-T-S, Durnand, D-E-R-N-A-N-D. I apologize if I got the last name wrong. Alton, you want to weigh in? Did I say it wrong? No, actually, I think you got it right. The accent's on the A, so I would say Durnand, just like you did. Durnand. How about that snippet now, Paul? By playing a snippet of Matt's song, and I'm just going to stop here for a minute and say how happy I am to use the word snippet. I didn't believe, didn't believe Paul. He kept telling me you like the word snippet, and I was like, really? <laughs> I love the word snippet. It is a wildly underused in day-to-day vocabulary. And we will use it in every episode if I have my way. By playing a snippet of Matt's song, he will now be included in this episode's playlist along with the ABBA songs that we're featuring. Folks, the easiest way to find this episode's playlist is to type www.derringerdiscoveries.com forward slash 028 in your browser's address bar. Doing so will take you directly to the playlist and the show notes for this episode. Paul, do we have any other letters? We do, Alton, but I am going to hold them for a future episode. Let's dive. Wait, wait, wait. We need to encourage our listeners to stay for the post-episode bonus. In this episode's bonus, we will feature Monique Angel, an up-and-coming recording artist who splits her time between Canada and Australia. Hi everyone, I am Monique Angel. I am from Cairns, Australia. Originally, I'm from Canada. Monique recently gave Dared to Discoveries an exclusive interview. I'm very excited and thrilled to be part of the Derringer Discoveries podcast. I'm very much looking forward to sharing my music with everyone. I want to feel the And I've always thought exclusive interviews are better than just plain old interviews. Monique Angel's songs discussed in this episode's bonus will also be included on this episode's playlist. And at the very end of the bonus, after we interview Monique, we will reveal the number one song on the Turn Up Music Radio Top 25 for January 2022. Let's dive in. Yeah, let's dive in. Let's dive in. And we move now across into Sweden, the largest of the Scandinavian countries. ABBA was, and still is, a band from Sweden. Who's ABBA? Who's ABBA? Oh, you've got to be joking. (laughs) Who do you think? The famous Swedish Four. Its four members comprise the letters of their band name. Would you come down here, please, John? Benny Anderson, since your name is easy for me to pronounce, I will ask you to please introduce me to everybody else, all right? The first letter is for Aniatha, second letter is for Bjorn, third letter is for Benny, and the fourth letter, which gets a little tricky, it's for Annie Freed, but she does go by the name Frida. Well, this is Frida, my, uh, well, I hope she's going to be my wife. We're engaged right now. This is Anna, married to Bjorn. Now, that, now, you shortened up Anna. What's the full name? It's Agneta, but Anna is a little easier. At one time, Anitha was married to Bjorn, and Frida was married to Benny. Bjorn plays the guitar, Benny plays the piano, they both write songs, Anitha and Frida sing. 
sing most of the lead vocals, and I might add, they sing most of the vocals on the good songs. Interesting. On the good songs. Okay. ABBA's big break came in 1974 when they won first place in Eurovision's contest with the song Waterloo. The song is called, oh, and it's Napoleon. Napoleon, no wonder the song is called Waterloo. This is Sven Olaf Waldorf, who's really entered into the spirit of it all, dressed as Napoleon, waiting for Waterloo by ABBA for Sweden. Waterloo was written by Bjorn and Benny, along with their manager, Stig Anderson. Stig was a real songwriter with thousands of songs under his belt. After Waterloo, during the next eight years, ABBA had a slew of worldwide hits. A slew? <laughs> yes, Alton, a slew. ABBA had a slew of worldwide hits. And, and just how many is a slew, Paul? Oh, a uh, lot because they hit all over the world. They're not just hitting in one country. That's why I have to say a slew. It's more than you can really think about. And, and I hate to even give it a number, but let's just say a slew. I prefer to say plethora. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could say a plethora. <laughs> Listeners, let us know if you prefer plethora or... <laughs> now I can't even think of it. Or a slew. Plethora or a slew. Listeners, here are ABBA's top seven songs as compiled by Derringer Discoveries, which, as indicated at the outset, this has much appreciated help from our special guest and ABBA superfan, Vivian. We just wanted to be them. I had two sisters, and we used to sing and dance in front of the mirror with our brushes and just do all the moves. Superfan Vivian chose three songs, and the members of ABBA each chose one song. Thus, three plus four equals seven, and that comprises our ABBA top seven for this episode. Derringer Discoveries pick number seven. Our number seven on the Derringer Discoveries top seven for ABBA is Vivian's, our special guest Vivian's third all-time favorite song by ABBA. My third favorite song by ABBA is I Do, I Do, I Do, I Do. And that's a snippet of I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. I think that's I Do Times Five, released in April 1975 and then released a second time in March 1976. This song sparked, and I kid you not, they call it this, this song sparked ABBA mania in Australia. Sunday, February 27th, 1977. ABBA touched down in Sydney. Only the Beatles had attracted crowds as big. You know, we have our Australian friends to thank. They were coming out to Australia at the end of summer 1977, the end of summer being February in Australia. And I'm going to have to count while I say this. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do was written by Bjorn and Benny along with their manager, Stig. During their heyday, Stig Anderson was a frequent collaborator with Bjorn and Benny. Stig's departure from ABBA was not so sweet. Money, money, money. 
1990, three members of ABBA, Bjorn, Benny, and Anitha, sued Stig for wrongfully keeping 4.5 million euros in royalties that they believed belonged to the band. In 1991, the dispute was settled out of court with a confidential settlement. Paul, why wasn't Frida part of the lawsuit? Yeah, that's a good question, Laura. She was not part of the lawsuit, and from what I gather, it's because she had already sold her shares in the band's company, Polar Music. So, Laura, how did I Do Times 5 fare on the world charts? I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Whew, that is a lot of I do's. <laughs> Hit number 38 in the UK and number 15 in the US. It was a top 10 hit in 10 countries and hit number one in Belgium, Switzerland, South Africa, and Abomania, Australia. That is huge. Discovery's pick number six. Number six on our ABBA top seven is Superfan Vivian's second all-time favorite song. My second favorite ABBA song is S.O.S. Et la proposition A, c'est le groupe ABBA S.O.S. Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find. In 1975, on the very first season of the long-running U.S.-based show, Saturday Night Live... Hi, I'm John Belushi. Just having a cup of coffee before the show. It's kind of a tradition with me. Here at Saturday Night Live, we have another tradition that the show is always open with the words, Live from New York, it's... Well, you know the rest. (laughs) Or SNL, as we often call it. ABBA performed S.O.S. Along with Waterloo. We found the now classic SNL episode on YouTube. It has ABBA performing as part of a skit. They are on the unsinkable Titanic just before the ship starts to sink. (laughs) May I recommend the um, Oysters Titanic and a very marvelous salad made of iceberg lettuce. Oh, the entertainment is beginning. A very wonderful vocal group from Sweden called ABBA. We love them. Paul, at the time, ABBA took some heat from critics and the public. They were lip-syncing on that episode. Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find. I tried to reach for you, but you have closed your mind. SNL even flashed a disclaimer while ABBA was performing their second song, Waterloo. The disclaimer stated, get this, right now, ABBA is lip-syncing. It's not their fault. The tracks didn't arrive from Sweden. SOS was written by Bjorn and Benny, once again, along with their manager, Stig. SOS features Aneatha on lead vocals. Hello. It was a number one hit in five countries, including South Africa and Abomania, Australia. That is huge. In the U.S., it went to number 15, and in the U.K., it peaked at number six. Discovery's number five. Number five on our ABBA Top 7 is Superfan Vivian's number one all-time favorite ABBA song. My number one favorite ABBA song is Summer Night City. I love that disco feel. Sung largely as a duet by Anitha and Frida. I can take it for 
Summer Night City features a few lines sung by Bjorn and apparently Benny sings on the backup as well. Tribute to their hometown in Stockholm, Summer Night City was written by Benny and Bjorn without Stig. It was a non-album single released in 1978. Laura, how did it do on the charts? In the U.S. and U.K., Summer Night City didn't do much on the charts. However, it was a number one hit on the Euro charts, and it was number one in Finland, Ireland, and ABBA's homeland, Sweden. That is Summer Night City was ABBA's final number one hit on their home turf Sweden until 2021 when they released their comeback single, Don't Shut Me Down, which we will discuss after this top seven countdown. pick number four. What I'd like to do really is just ask you to publicly tell us your favorite ABBA tunes. We have just covered Superfan Vivian's top three favorite songs, which were 765 in our countdown. Now, 4321 is picked one each by each of the four members of ABBA. Can you hear the drums from There was a UK program in 1982 just before ABBA broke up. They were on this program, and the interviewer requested that they each reveal their personal favorite ABBA song. So that's how we found it. Agneta, would you like to start? What's your favorite number from the last 10 years? I think it, um, my choice will be Fernando. There was something in the air that night. The stars were bright, Fernando. Agneta said her favorite song by ABBA was Fernando from 1975-1976. It was written by Bjorn and Benny along with their manager Stig. Wait a minute. Anitha picked Fernando? Anitha sang lead vocal on some of ABBA's biggest hits. Yet, when given the opportunity to pick her personal favorite ABBA song, she chose a song sung by Frida? That seems a little strange. Yeah, it does seem a little strange. And I actually will be commenting on this. She picked Fernando on this program, but I'm going to later reveal what she has repeatedly throughout history said is her true favorite song. Fernando was originally a solo hit by Frida. It was inspired by a bartender named Fernando who worked at a club that the band members frequented in Stockholm. ABBA's manager Stig wrote the original lyrics. Yeah, and Laura, this is where it gets interesting. The English language version of Fernando had different lyrics and it told a different story. Originally, the narrator in the song, the singer, is talking to and consoling the heartbroken bartender who is named Fernando. And this bartender has lost the love of his life and he is being consoled by the narrator. In the revised version, the song is now about two old freedom fighters from the Mexican Revolution reminiscing about their conquest in battle. Um, that's a heck of a rewrite. Now we're old and brave, Fernando. Since many years I haven't seen a rifle in your head. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? The ABBA version of Fernando was a monster hit. When you say monster hit, what do you mean, Laura? It went to number one in a dozen countries, including Canada, South Africa, the UK, and... 
Abamania, Australia, where it spent 14 weeks at number one. That is huge. It spent 14 weeks at number one in Australia? 14 weeks. There was something in the air that night. The stars were bright. Fernando. Dillinger Discovery's pick number three. What song did Bjorn pick as his favorite ABBA song? I'll pick The Winner Takes It All partly because I was told this was to be my choice. Quite <laughs> <laughs> right, but... I don't want to talk. About things we've gone through Though it's hurting me Now it's history Bjorn picked The Winner Takes It All from 1982. The Winner Takes It All was written by Bjorn and Benny without Stig. The Winner Takes It All Bjorn acknowledged publicly that the song is about going through a marital divorce. Is there any other kind of divorce? I guess there could be, but it's about going through a marital divorce. But tell me, does she kiss like I used to kiss you? However, Bjorn denies that it's about his divorce, although he acknowledges that the heartache of the breakup inspired the lyrics. And for our few listeners who don't already know... Yeah, this is old news, Paul. I think everyone knows this. All right, I get it. But let me just get it out there. For the listeners who don't already know, I can summarize this in three sentences. Bjorn and Agnetha were married, as I indicated. They were married from 1971 to 1979. They have both gone on the record as stating that neither of them were winners in their divorce, despite what the song says. The winner takes it all! And although Anitha picked Fernando as her favorite song on that particular 1982 UK program, she has since then, through the years, repeatedly stated that her favorite ABBA song is actually The Winner Takes It All. Chiquitita, tell me what's wrong. What was Benny's favorite ABBA song? Benny, uh, a selection, please, a choice. Yeah, that's difficult. I'll pick uh, Chiquitita. How I hate to see you like this. There is no way you can deny it. Benny picked Chikatita from 1979. Paul, in Spanish, Chikatita is a term of endearment. It means little one. ABBA also recorded a version of this song in Spanish. Chikatita, dime por qué. Muy bien. ABBA donated the copyright in Chikatita to the nonprofit organization UNICEF. Chikatita, tell me the truth. With lead vocals by Aniatha, Hello. Chikatita was a big hit worldwide. During 1979, it hit number one in five countries. That is huge! In the U.S., it went to number 15 on the adult contemporary chart. And it peaked at number two in both the U.K. and ABBA's homeland, Sweden. Chikatita, you and I know! Laura, I have a bit of trivia for you. Do you happen to recall what kept Chikatita out of the number one spot in both the UK and Sweden. I bet she does. Of course, it was a song by one of my favorite bands. The song that kept ABBA out of the number one spot in both the UK and Sweden was Heart of Glass. So Heart of Glass by Blondie. Top 10, pick number one. 
Paul, what song did Frida pick as her favorite? Well, Frida made it easy for us because if she hadn't picked the song, we were going to have to play it anyway. <laughs> what would you like to choose? Uh, I would like to choose Dancing Queen. I really felt something very strongly for it, you know. Friday night and the lights are low. Frida picked Dancing Queen. Dancing Queen was written by Bjorn and Benny along with Stig. We probably don't even need to talk about this song. It's arguably ABBA's biggest and signature song. And I bet that everyone listening to this podcast episode intimately knows this song for better or worse. We should mention that Aneatha and Frida both sang layered lead vocals on Dancing Queen. This song was a really, really, really big hit. That's a lot of reallys. I think you should add more reallys. Really, 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 really big hit. Dancing Queen went to number one in 14 countries, including ABBA Mania Australia, South Africa, the UK, the US, and get this, the Soviet Union, which is now Russia, of course. That is huge. It's also ABBA's number one streaming song on Spotify with more than, as of this episode, more than 640 million streams. That's a lot of streamers, Paul. In November of 2021, ABBA released Voyage, their first new studio album in 40 years. Some of the songs on Voyage are reworkings of songs that were left off of earlier albums. Other songs on Voyage are new or at least recent. I know that this shouldn't be a traumatic event, but it is. Get this, you guys. Voyage sold more than 1 million units in its first week of release. That's a lot of units, more than 1 million. Voyage was a number one hit in at least 20 countries, including ABBA Mania Australia and the UK. That is huge. In the US, it peaked at number two. In September, prior to the release of the album, Voyage, ABBA released a new, basically two-sided single, and the A side is called Don't Shut Me Down. Featuring Aneatha on lead vocals, Hello. the hit in at least 20 countries and territories, and it went to number one in both Switzerland and ABBA's home turf, Sweden. That is huge. The B-side of the single, I Still Have Faith in You, features Frida on lead vocals. I still have faith in you, I see it now. I Still Have Faith in You was nominated for Record of the Year at the 64th Annual Grammy Awards here in the U.S. But with all these familiar names hoping to hang on to the top spot, one established artist did make waves for earning their first ever Grammy nomination today. This is historic in that it marks ABBA's first ever Grammy nomination. I still have faith in you. Frida's I Still Have Faith in You did not fare quite as well as Aneatha's Don't Shut Me Down. 
As of this recording, the 64th Annual Grammy Awards has not yet taken place. It will take place in late January. So I hope after you listen to our episode, if you'll just go check out and find out for yourself, hey, did ABBA win a Grammy? In my opinion, the best song on ABBA's new album, Voyage, is Keep an Eye on Dan. Kudos to Bjorn and Benny, who co-wrote all of the songs on Voyage, and they didn't use any outside help. Well, when they uh, go out on tour, instead of showing up in person on their own, they're going to use avatars, as we mentioned earlier in this episode. These avatars, or the stage show, was developed in coordination with Industrial Light and Magic. If you remember about Industrial Light and Magic, they partnered with George Lucas and did some of the earlier Star Wars movies, so I expect we'll see some pretty neat stuff for these avatars as they go out on tour. ABBA's avatars will take residency at the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in London starting in late May 2022 and will run through December of 2022. So who, in our opinion, is the better singer? And of course, we're limiting it to the two main singers, and that is Anitha. And Frida. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? Vivian weighed in. Hope you're listening out there. I know that you were really happy that Abba got back together. And Vivian told us that it's not even a contest. Her favorite singer is Frida. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? Now, because she said Frida, I feel a little more comfortable saying my thoughts. We didn't even try to tilt the scale on the songs that were featured in today's episode. They just came up because Waterloo obviously was the first big hit. And then the seven songs were picked by Vivian and the members of ABBA. And then we covered three songs from the new album. Of those songs, four, four of those 11 songs are duets, basically. Both Frida and Anitha are singing on them together equally. Two songs are sung as Frida with the lead vocals. That leaves five songs with Aniatha singing the lead vocal. Hello. And I think I rest my case. I think of the two singers, in my opinion, Aniatha is the better of the two. Oh, no. Alton, what are your thoughts? Paul, I really don't have a horse in this race. No preference for me. How about you, Laura? I cast my vote for both Aniatha and Frida. It's time to wrap things up, but before we go, this episode's $25,000 question is... Did ABBA jump the shark? Well, Laura, do you want to go first? No, ABBA did not jump the shark. Thank you, Laura. I feel the same way. I think they broke up before they could even get to the point of jumping the shark. They were still at the peak in 1982. They were still putting out some wonderful hits. And so, no, they did not jump the shark. And I would be willing to bet Vivian wouldn't even like the question being asked. So I'm going to say Vivian probably says, no, they did not jump the shark. Alton, that leaves you. You got three people saying they did not jump the shark. What are your thoughts? Uh, you're going to put me on the hot seat, huh? Well, let me explain. I recognize their talent. I also recognize why they appeal to people worldwide. I'll probably get hate mail for saying this, but ABBA has never been my cup of tea, so I'm just going to abstain from this vote. 
All right, that's one abstention and three saying they did not jump the shark. And as we've discussed in prior episodes of Derringer Discoveries, in order to cross the Rubicon, we would have to at least have one person say that they jumped the shark. In this case, we got no one. No one says they jumped the shark. So the answer to did they cross the Rubicon or have they crossed the Rubicon, the answer is no. It's time for the listeners to speak up and give out in a piece of their mind. <laughs> right. Send it to feedback at derringerdiscoveries.com and I'll promptly forward it to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> this is Paul. This is Alton. This is Laura. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Derringer Discoveries and tell others about us. Until next time, thank you for listening to Derringer Discoveries. In your sister's room. For today's post-episode bonus, up-and-coming recording artist Monique Angel gave Derringer Discoveries an exclusive interview by Zoom. Hi, everyone. I am Monique Angel. I am from Cairns, Australia. She was born and raised in Canada, and about seven years ago, she moved to and became a citizen of Australia. Monique is a singer, songwriter, pianist. I would categorize my music as operatic piano pop. Her influences include Queen, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. Billy Joel and Elton John. Yeah, it's interesting. When she was reciting her influences, some made Alton really happy. I think Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd, and then some made me really happy. Queen, Billy Joel, Elton John. With regard to Queen, Monique noted that she received formal training in opera, kind of similar to how Freddie Mercury is known as being operatic. I majored in piano performance, and I also did Royal Conservatory of Music in Toronto. Then I started taking singing lessons, so studied opera and musical theater. And while she did not identify ABBA as one of her influences, she approved of us pairing her with ABBA in this episode. Monique's first album, released in 2014, was recorded in Canada. Since then, she records in Australia. Derringer Discovery's pick number four. These are our four favorite songs by Monique on Gel. Pink Colored Sky. It was actually inspired by a sunset that I saw in British Columbia. One evening I just saw the most beautiful, literally pink colored sky. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just write about it. Our third favorite song by Monique Angel is Time Will Fall. My song Time Will Fall was written in Melbourne. It was actually written before the whole pandemic. Some people think it's like, oh, it's about the pandemic. We have just one chance. It's about trying to live your life to the fullest, even if the world is collapsing around you. Time will fall and open up these walls. Yeah, it's about finding some hope. Our second favorite song is You Need To Be. My song, You Need To Be, is basically a breakup song. Every time I see gray, black and white. The other person wants to stay in the relationship, but it's not going to work.
pick number one. Our number one favorite song by Monique Angel is I Will Dance. is about dancing in your happy place like your imaginary world and getting out of reality happy place. Raise your hand. Anybody else ever do that? I go to my happy place all the time. Yes, see? Happy place, happy place, happy place. Monique got my attention when she said she goes to her happy place. I Will Dance has advanced from our compelling and new playlist to our Turnip Music Radio Top 25 chart for January 2022. I'm Monique Angel. Thank you so much for listening. You can check me out on my website, moniqueangel.com. And also check out Derringer Discoveries podcast. It's an awesome podcast. Team Derringer, let's close out this episode with a snippet of the number one song on our Turnip Music Radio Top 25 chart for January 2022. The, the Turnip, Turnip Music, Music Radio, Radio Top 25. 25. The number one song on our Turnip Music Radio Top 25 chart for January is a song that has been steadily moving up the chart. It's called Pleased to Meet You. And it's by the Chevaliers from Sydney, Australia. Standing tall against the wall of a small Digital zoom, I see something inside you. Josh Atkinson from the Chevaliers was featured in episode 26, A Quick Visit to Oz. Listeners, this concludes our post-episode bonus. Please visit our website, www.derringerdiscoveries.com. 